I'm stuck in the 80s and 90s, you know? I'm like, hey guys, I kept on making records, you know? Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the weirdness. Why are we wearing bras on our heads? The history. Live Aid. We're coming together. And the simple pleasures. All I need are some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. Hey, it's your host, Steve Spears from TampaBay.com. And with me is my pudgy little friend, Sean, <laughs> Sean Daly from the I'm Pop sl- Music. I, I'm, I'm slimming. I'm a slimming device to you. <laughs> my girth. I look really fat next to Rick Springfield. We all look fat next to Rick Springfield. That should be a sad. t-shirt slogan. <laughs> so we're here today to honor Patty Smythe, the uh, vixen and vocalist of the band Scandal from the 80s. Love her, I do. I admit it. I've admitted it many times. And yet, no uh, today we're here to talk about Patty Smythe. However, you just posted a blog entry in which you said Susanna Hoffs is the hottest vixen of the eighties. Yeah, you know, it's all good when it comes to the eighties and vixens. I mean, it's just it all changes once the bathroom door is locked. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, God bless the internet. Anyway, you did it. Yeah, we're about to to play a great interview you did with Patty Smythe. Right. Did she know you weren't wearing pants at the time? <laughs> I think I told. I think I cut out that uh, particular line from the interview. Was that a zipper? I heard a zipper. Uh, no, no, I was just putting on my parka. Uh, I gotta go. Patty was cool enough to talk to us uh, a couple weeks ago, right before the big "We Are the '80s" show here in Clearwater, Florida, where Scandal and Eddie Money and Loverboy and Rick Springfield all played, and we did our podcast from backstage. Yeah, at Ruth Eckerd Hall. Ruth Eckerd Hall. Special call out, shout out to Lex Jesus. Poppins and, and the uh, smoking hot Jill Holcomb. Oh yeah, it was a great night. I, we had a blast and uh, had a chance to interview Loverboy in person, Rick Springfield in person. Uh, Eddie Money blows us off, probably because we broke into his. We desk don't really room. know that he blew. It. We didn't try that hard. <laughs> no, because we were. To be honest, at that point, we had we were overloaded with interviews. Yeah, and we had kind of shot our load. You know, so to speak. <laughs> no, and, uh, I shot it. Uh, no, and, uh, Rick Springfield, which I'd like to apologize right now that um, the uh, the Rick Springfield interview, uh, I, I was far too chatty. I was very excited to have uh, Dr. Noah Drake across from me, and I just couldn't shut up. But uh, hopefully, yeah. Um, but you're, you know, it was it was, it was endearing because your your excitement was palatable. You could just feel Sean just lifting out of his chair <laughs> like. He just wanted to lunge over and just hold Rick Springfield in his arms while he asked him questions. <laughs> Shit. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Don't talk to strangers. <laughs> Except me. So, uh, uh, but, no, did- but anyway, that was really, really a fun night. It was great. And, and it was uh, a lot of work. I mean, you and our producer, Dave Morrison, did a tremendous job putting the show together and everything. But we had fun. And a lot of people got back to us via email saying, we love the interviews. We love what the people had to say. So we had played a little piece of the Patty Smythe interview during that particular show, 
and thought, well, you know, let's play more of it because she really had a lot of interesting things to say. And were I you loved, nervous to talk to her? Oh God, you know, if you um, the the good thing about podcasting is you get to edit what you say and background noises and all that fun stuff. But um, so you can put words in her mouth, like <laughs> Steve, you sound so tall and masculine. <laughs> but uh, no. But uh, before the interview started, and I'm I, actually one of those. This was an interview where I had to do it completely by myself because you blew it off. I think you. Were, I don't think you were here that Why day. Why do you guys say I blew it off? I got a job here. <laughs> I gotta. I gotta entertain the masses with my witty well, prose. To make a long story short, I was the only one who did it. Even the even the maestro, our producer, was not there. So it was me, a telephone, and all our expensive but, uh, electronic equipment, and I had to have the the recorder rolling. From before I even called. So for the first 30 or 40 <laughs> seconds, all you hear is this. <laughs> I mean. Can we, can we play some of that? Do you have any of that? It is horrible. when you. I'm listening to it when I was editing it. I'm like, this is the most embarrassing thing I've ever heard. It, it's, you can literally hear the blood going <laughs> through my body as I'm trying to get like in control to do it. So. It you know not my finest hour. So do a little prep, do a little setup here. They're going to hear um, what, what's Patty going to talk about. She'll tell you about how the band got back together mm-hmm. recently, largely thanks to VH1 and the behind and the reunite the band series. She'll talk about Johnny Mac. Yeah, Her she does talk John about John McEnroe. McEnroe. She talks a little bit about Van Halen and the rumors that she was invited That's to. That's a great story. We heard that story on the 80s podcast, but it was so good. You hear it again. The 80s podcast. The We are the 80s podcast, but it's so good we're going to hear it again. And of course, she always, and she'll answer the question that I ask everybody, which is, you know, why? Why? Who invented liquid soap and why? <laughs> yeah, how many no. inches? <laughs> the, the question of, you know, why are the 80s so beloved now as a, as a decade and as a era of pop culture and she's got a good answer for that so that's what you got coming up hope you enjoy the interview we'll be back afterwards to uh, wrap things up I can't up. wait give me a little bit a little more of the heavy breathing <laughs> God help me <laughs> alright let's hear it okay well welcome to the uh, Stuck in the 80s podcast we're here with uh, Patty Smythe hi Patty Hi, how are you? So we are stuck in the 80s, aren't we? <laughs> Some of we us can't are. can't get out. Um, I've been here 20 years. <laughs> well, that, is, that's a, that brings up a good question. Why do you think it is that the 80s, um, which you know at the time were kind of considered to be a, a cheesy time almost, why are they so popular again today? That's the question that keeps coming up, but... Um Jeez, oh, I don't know because there were some. You know, you can compare the early '80s with the late '80s and then the mid '80s, and they were all. It was a, that whole ten years was a, was a real different thing. You know, in the very beginning, like after '79 and '80, '81, '82 was a new wave thing, and that was considered to be a very cool time, not a cheesy time at all. You know, right? And then a few years into it, it became like hairband hell. You know, and that then it kind of got a little bit more cheesy. With um, you know, every guys using more hairspray than girls, and you know, all these bands who just talked about all their groupies, and I, I don't know. I mean, it was funny because there was a point there when I looked around at my peers, and I just was like, "Is this is I don't you know belong here? <laughs> I don't know these people." So, and then you know, towards the end, it kind of um, there was still some good stuff coming out. I mean, 
there were some, you know, still good bands popping up here, and there were some good music, and so, I mean, you know, like, The Police were in the 80s, that's a great band, I mean, there's a lot of great bands that came, you know, Blondie, whatever, so, why it's coming back is, for me, it's like anything else, it's like, when I was a kid, I like to listen to songs from, you know, as far back as the 50s, if they were good songs, and that was, and the 60s, which are way before my time, because my time, I guess, was the 70s and then the 80s, so I think it's all about the songs, you know, and if it's a good song, it holds up. And even with all the cheesy sounds with the, with the synthesizers and all that, I think the kids are amused by that now. They think it's funny. And plus, there's a lot of rap uh, artists and... Um, <clears throat> hip-hop artists that have sampled a lot of stuff. So it kind of tweaked the interest, I think, of, you know, of the younger generation. Would, would you ever allow a rap artist to uh, sample any of your uh, tunes from back in the 80s? I would absolutely let them, yeah. I don't believe that that's happened, but uh, I would be uh, honored and completely complimented. I happen to be a hip-hop rap fan, though. Oh, okay. So, you know, I mean, I love Dr. Dre and Snoop and I like... Um, Eminem, so I like Jay-Z. I like a lot of, you know, rap music. So we see you're touring now with the Scandal um, on part of that We Are the 80s tour. How'd that come about? Well, I guess it first came about, and the thing that was really amazing, and I have to be eternally grateful for VH1, because VH1 and Sony Legacy and Jeff Jones is the guy there. They got together and thought of, you know, putting out... You know, uh, reissuing these albums, uh, these CDs with, um, you know, like the hits and then trying to find some stuff that are like, that were unreleased or in the vaults and stuff like that. So they called me and, you know, sent me a list of songs and really, I mean, some of them I couldn't even remember. And I'm like, what song is that? You know, so they'd have to send it to me. I'm like, yeah, okay. So I picked out a few, you know, new unreleased tunes so it'll be new to people who were buying CDs, but we did play them live, because when we first came out, we only had an EP out, so, you know, we had five songs and, and had to kind of play a lot of songs that no one knew. VH1 did a band reunited on us a couple of years ago, and that's really what started it, because I don't believe that Scandal would have gotten back together. That's just not something that was in my brain uh, at all. That did, was the furthest thing that, from my mind. When, when, uh, did you have a hint ahead of time that they were going to approach you for that no show? No hint at all. Nothing. No. I mean, they really bushwhack you. <laughs> I, was at a, I, was in, I was in California, my house in California, and I... Uh, got called to do an 80s uh, radio show, you know, to, to guest DJ an 80s radio show, and I went to this restaurant on PCH, and as right as it was, and I had my teenage daughter with me, because I was dropping her off at a friend's house, I had no makeup on, I looked like a bum, I mean, it was like annoying, you know, and then at the end, they come rushing in, all these people with cameras, and, you know, like, I wasn't that familiar with the show, so I didn't know who they were, and... My daughter goes, oh, my God, it's weird, the 80s, Mom. So the guy said to me, um, the host said, well, we've talked to three guys, and they said they're in, so how about you? And I'm like, I don't know. And my daughter, Ruby, was like, just do it, Mom. So I'm like, okay, I'll do it, fine. And then we got, you know, they got everyone coming out to L.A., 
And we sat around for two hours and talked, you know, while they interviewed us. And it was like group therapy. And it just was really touching, you know, and it was a really joyful reunion. And so we were like, we have, and when we played on the show, it was like 20 years hadn't gone by. decided that we wanted to do more of this because it just was so much fun and you know everybody I guess has been touring on and off a lot of the bands from our era and we haven't so we're not burnt out we're not fried we're kind of like yeah this is great this is fun this is like totally brand new for us so we're just having a blast but I do have to thank VH1 for that because it just would not have happened and I don't know why it just I don't know, I mean, you know, getting back together, I see bands do it, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to go back to the past, but it doesn't really feel like I'm going back to the past, it just feels like I'm picking up where I left off in a way, you know, and we didn't really stay together long enough to, uh, you know, tour a whole lot. I mean, person after person comes up to me and says, I've waited 20 years to see you, and that makes me feel bad that they've waited 20 years. I'm like, well, okay, I'm going to keep coming back for a while then, okay? <laughs> Every single person that's been waiting, how many there are, we don't know, but I'll just keep doing it until they say, okay, stop. We've all seen you. What, what's it like playing the old songs again in, in your shows? Are you, what's the, what's, uh, do they feel um, the same way today as they did 20 years ago, or is, do you put a new spin on them at all? You know, um, the different, it's different now because one of our members died. The bass player, Ivan Elias, died like nine years ago, and our drummer who was with us for, you know, the Warrior and, the, and for our big, long 10-month tour that we did initially plays with Joan Jett. So he, you know, he's been locked up with Joan Jett for so many years that we really couldn't get him to come out with us. You know, it was just too too complicated to do that. So what happened was um, we put, we just got these two young guys on the rhythm section, and that's a whole other energy they, they, as soon as I played with them, three minutes into it, it was like they just sounded great. I knew they were great. And that has brought a different energy to it, you know, right there, just because they're, you know, guys in their 20s and they're cute and they're so excited about it. And they played with a lot of different kinds of, of uh, bands, but they've never kind of done, like we did Regis. You know, they're kind of a little bit in awe, which is really sweet to me because I was afraid they'd be like, kind of like, this is kind of lame, it's 80, whatever. You know, I, I wasn't sure what their response would be. And they're just having such a great time. And to be up there with like, you know, Keith, who I've known and stayed close to all these years, and Zach and Benji, and I, it just makes me laugh. I just look at them and laugh because I just think it's hilarious that we're doing it. And they're having so much fun, too, that it's like the new spin on it, you know, I don't know. I mean, of course, I've sung the song so many times that, you know, there's a little bit of a new spin on it. But, like, not, I really can't, um, I can't say, like, I've made it into a hip-hop song <laughs> or anything. So, um, you know, it's it's just, you no know, whatever. I mean, I guess it changes a little bit, but... You know, it's pretty much the same. You know, we haven't, we've done five shows so far, so talk to me after I've done, you know, 25 in a row, and then I'll be bringing in, you know, hip-hop beats and whatever else, you know, when I start to get like, okay, i got to do something different. But, you know, it's always different. You just It's always different live, I guess. 
Now, the, the We Are the 80s tour, I think, does it wrap up here in Florida over the this weekend? Yeah, that'll be that'll be it for this. Uh huh. Okay. And whether or not we do more in the future, um, I'm not really sure what'll happen. Like if we do it with different bands, um, but it wouldn't probably be until next spring. And we're definitely going to be on the road though again, and we'll decide how we're going to do it. You know, because I kind of like doing it with a couple of different bands, like Lover Boy, who you know I had no idea what to expect, but they play great, and the guy sings his butt off. I mean, Mike Reno is singing unbelievable. And, you know, they were around when I was around, but I never saw them back then, you know? So I always thought, yeah, working for the weekend's a good song and blah, blah. But, I mean, it's just, they're just sweet guys and they play great and it, it just sounds so good. So you're standing there and it's, so it's fun to do that. So I would like to do it with a couple other bands. I think that's a fun way to do it. You reach a larger audience and, you know, it's fun for us. I, I Loverboy, I think, was the first band I ever saw back in the 80s. It was 1981 when they opened up for Journey on their Escape Tour. And uh, I hadn't even thought about them much until I bought their Greatest Hits album the other day, and I thought, oh, my God, these guys really did have a lot of songs. And, they I, did. I know. The same for me. Like, I forgot. Like, I'm like, what else was there besides working for the weekend? And, but, you know, it's like it, they're really a lot of good songs. And he just sings so good, and his attitude is really funny, and he still has the bandana and the sunglasses. He doesn't have – everyone keeps asking me if he has the red leather pants, and I'm like, no, <laughs> those are gone. <laughs> and Eddie Money, we've done a couple of shows with him, and he's a nice guy. You know, it's – He's a little bit before the 80s in a way, but I think he's doing these last two shows with us. You know, someone you're associated with a little bit in the 80s because you, you partnered with up with him a, a couple times was Don Henley. How, how did you two end up hooking up? Well, hooking up sounds like... I know. I take that back. <laughs> so, I mean, we the, the, it, was, it was really funny. I mean, I basically, like him and Danny Korchmar, who did a bunch of work together on his solo record... We're drinking one night in the studio, and the Goodbye to You video came on, and they were like, she's cute, and she can really sing. Let's see if we can get her to do some background, you know, some background singing. And, you know, Don had a longtime girlfriend, and so did Daddy. Like, so it wasn't anything except they just, like, like thought I looked fun and, you know, perky or whatever it was, and that they liked the way I sang. So they called. I got, a, like, a call from my manager asking me to sing background on his record, and I said no. Because I wasn't really a background singer. I didn't feel confident enough to go in and sing background. And I only knew who Don Henley was because of Dirty Laundry. You know, I wasn't a big Eagles fan. I didn't know the names of the guys in the Eagles. I knew who Glenn Fry was because I had met him once at a club in New York, like, years before. But I only knew Don Henley from Dirty Laundry, and I loved that song, and I thought he was great. But I'm like, I'm not going all the way out there and, you know, sucking, you know what I mean? So... Then you like, but they kept calling, even though I kept saying no. And finally, the last offer was, okay, we'll put you up at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And I'm like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so, because that was like the famous great hotel in L.A. So I was like, okay. And then it was like we were separated at birth. I wound up singing on five songs on that record. He couldn't have been easier for me to sing background for. And I don't know why, because I can't say that would be true with, you know, everybody else on the planet. But he and I just can sort of like... Just do it like sleepwalking. You know, we're both of, of Scottish and Irish and English descent, and it really, there's just something in the timbre of our voices. It's like, it is like a brother and sister thing. It's weird, the sound, I mean. So that's how it happened. And then when I wrote Sometimes Love Just Ain't Enough, I called him, 
and played it for him on the phone because I was so excited because I really felt like it was the best song I had ever written. And he said, that's really good, Patty. I said, well, will you sing? There's a really good harmony on the choruses. Will you sing it? And he said, oh, I would love to sing it. Like a fool, I keep losing my place And I keep seeing you walk through their door But there's a danger in loving somebody too much And it's sad when you know it's your heart you can't trust That's kind of how, you know, he repaid me for singing on his record. I got him to sing on that. And he just sounded so good on it, you know. So then, then we gave him a couple of verses, a couple of lines in the verses saying, and then all of a sudden it was like, you know, a duet. But it's really not quite a duet. It's almost a duet. Right. It's it's featuring Don Henley. <laughs> but, you know, they wanted to milk that for everything they could, God bless them, and, you know, it definitely helped, so... It was fine. Now, another um, 80s institution that, that your name sometimes comes up with is the band Van Halen, because uh, there, there's always the talk that once they offered you the lead singer spot after David Lee Roth left. Yeah. How did that come about? You know, um, um, Valerie was a big fan of ours, of mine, and we met. And I'm trying to think about how we met. I think they must have come to see us at a show in L.A., and then that night, they literally got on the tour bus with us, and they went around the country with us for about three days, and he played with us every night, and it was really great. And he said to me then, and I was right after David Lee Roth had left, he said, you know, I, I want you to sing in the band. I want you to be the lead singer in the band, and I really want you to think about it, blah, blah, blah. You know, a year goes by, and I'm eight months pregnant all of a sudden, and he comes and does Letterman. Or she did Letterman, and then he sat in with the band or whatever, and we all went out to dinner like Paul Schaefer and Danny Korchmar was there again and all these people, and he turned to me and said, listen, you have to give me an answer now because I've got to start making this record, and you've got to tell me if, if you you know want to sing in the band or not. And I said no. Right off the top of my head, without even thinking about it, I just said no because it was just not the right time for me. You know, I'm, I was a New Yorker. I did not want to move to L.A. Um, I was about to have a kid. Um, those guys were drunk and fighting all the time, him and his brother, which was kind of like, you know, it just was not where I was at in my head. And in retrospect, I probably could have given it a little bit more thought. And I can't say that there haven't been moments when I have regretted not doing it. But if I had done it, I would never have written Sometimes Love Is Staying Enough or No Mistakes or I Should Be Laughing. And a lot of songs that I'm really proud of writing. But I would have liked to have done one record with him. I think it would have been great. I think it was a brilliant idea of his. I think it would have been just kind of completely mind-blowing, you know, to have, like, a, a woman step into that. And I was... It wasn't because I was afraid to step into it, because that wasn't it at all. It just isn't the time when you're eight months pregnant, you know, to, like, change everything in your life and step into Van Halen. But what happened was then, when, it, when he asked Sammy Hager, which I couldn't believe that he did, after me... He requested that I really not speak about it because it would make Sammy Hagar look like second choice. And so I never spoke about it. You know, I mean, every once in a while, people would ask me here or there, and I'd have to answer honestly, but I never did speak about it. But Sammy Hagar was second choice. Um, now it can be said because he's gone. Yeah. So 
that's why it's sort of been this kind of like urban myth, but it's an urban myth that's true. <laughs> it's one of my favorite myths of the 80s. What? It's one of my. No, it's a good one, and I swear, if I if I'd be happy if I had just done one record. You know, meanwhile, that next that record was such a huge hit, and I'm like, God damn it! You know, why didn't I do that? But like, it's like I really would have liked to have done a record with him because he was really at his creative prime then, and he's a lovely guy, and you know, it's just like. It just, it's, everything is timing, you know, it really is, and it just wasn't the right time for me. So, after this tour ends, and you, you, you're thinking you're still going to tour some more eventually, what, what other plans do you have? What other projects do you have in the works? Uh, you know, there's, there's been a lot of offers on the table to do a lot of different things. One of the things I'm working on is a book of, uh, um, an autobiographical book of short stories, and I've been working on that for the last year and a half. You know, I do have six children, and that's a full-time job. <laughs> Um, even though I just sent my third one off to college. So, you know, I've always got to kind of be around and taking care of business there. And so even when I tour, I go out, do a flurry of dates, and then come back. So there's that. And then they're talking about, you know, they keep trying to get me to do new songs, new scandal songs. So, you know, I'm thinking about doing that. You know, I'm always writing songs and stuff anyway. So there's like the Patty Smythe thing, there's a scandal thing. So it's like I kind of want to do both. And I'll see if I can mix them together, you know, um, a little bit. So that's basically what, you know, I just have to really just keep on writing. But, you know, I mean, the my life right now is, yeah, I have a big, big-ass life, you know, being married to John McEnroe and, you know, just, you know, all the stuff going on. It's like, it's like running a corporation at this point. So right. I'm never, ever, ever, you know at a point where I don't have something that, you know, has to get done or what I'm trying to do is get to get all of that crap out of the way and just be, you know, focusing more on the creative stuff. My, I've raised most of my children up and that's why I kind of was out of sight for a while because I don't believe that I could have, you know, done a whole lot with six kids in the house, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, isn't it, isn't it time for Johnny Mac to kind of stay, stay at home and be a stay at home dad now? Well, yes, but you know he still plays tennis so great that you know he only had he's got a couple more years of playing tennis and he he is staying over he stayed home for me this past weekend but I'd like him to you know play tennis until he you know can't anymore which will probably be a couple more years because he's really playing great and then you know and it's easy anyway because he's planned so far ahead that I can do my I can plan my dates around yeah. him so you know he does still travel a lot and do the commentary but. Yeah, he's he's willing to uh, to do that. I mean, I think he really wants me to get back to it, you know. So there it is, the great Patty Smythe live on Stuck in You're the like Eighties. Walter Cronkite with a beer gut. <laughs> It was good. And you know Jerk. what? You were very, very uh, mature. I thought you would be more uh, giggly. And like, hee, 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 hee. Because let's be honest. The other night when Kathy, you and I were all watching Scandal perform on stage at Ruth Eckerd Hall, uh, you were giggling a lot, Steve. And it was kind of creepy to like kind of feel your undulations as like she'd, when she started singing The Warrior. Yeah. And you were like, hee, hee, hee. I mean, it was the, the, the look on your face is like a kid on Christmas morning. I swear I don't remember giggling during that. No, you totally giggled. It Did was I? like, really, if it was, there was a fantasy sequence and we could have like uh, done some uh, visuals, you would have been up on stage like rubbing her shoulders as she was, when she kicked off her shoes for goodbye to you. Oh my God. 
I thought you were going to split your tough skins. <laughs> but how did you think she looked the other night? I think she looked great. I think she's, she's really um, – Her voice know, sounded great. It sounds fantastic. Well, it's well-rested because they haven't done much over the last 10 years. She Scandal didn't survive the 80s. They didn't survive the, even to the late 80s. They broke up and then she went on to a solo career. Well, how old is she now? 50? Yeah, about. Yeah, actually 49. 49? Yep. She w- I thought she was hot and her body looks great. Still, she's still thin, very body. playful. Very her playful. face a little bit looked like uh, Patty Smythe left in the microwave a couple minutes oh, too long. Don't be but mean to Patty. I could never be. You know what's funny? Because um, she had a, she had told me there was some stuff I cut out of the interview. Like uh, I went on and talked to her a lot more about John McEnroe, and I yeah. ended up cutting a lot of that out because you were jealous. I'll get <laughs> yeah. that Johnny Mac. No, I just felt bad. Like I thought, I felt like I was. Did you ask her if she ever wanted to bang Jimmy Connors? <laughs> <laughs> no. But uh, I, 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 you know, I was confessing all. You know, this, I was really starting to go off on McEnroe because he's, you know, I was a huge. McEnroe Has she ever fan. screamed Borg during lovemaking? <laughs> <sighs> no, so this is why I'm. I'm sorry. This is I'm why, sorry. Now I, I didn't have you here for the interview. No, you did a great but, job. She was great, and uh, uh, Scandal Patty Smythe signed for a good long time after her show, and she had a big long line of people, and people loved them. Yeah, they were good. It's funny because somebody emailed me about. Her signing, I guess someone had said, "Hey, I heard, I read about you being here on the Stuck in the '80s blog," and somehow she took that to as, "Oh, you're the guy who interviewed me," and so she was just like, "You know, oh, you're such a sweetie. I loved our interview." And he's like, "No, no, no, I'm not the guy. I'm not the." I'm so not he stupid. got all your loving. He got all my loving. Because while we were busy interviewing the Rick Springfield fans, which which if you had seen that happening, you probably would have leapt over like. <laughs> Twelve people and plunge the hunter's knife in his eye. What a that! That's only it's my, Patty. That was my only disappointment with that night was I didn't get any you know FaceTime with her. But that's okay. Well, there'll be another there'll be another tour. And you know, you make fun of me for for the for how I was acting during Scandal. I don't think people remember. I have not been to a concert of any sort probably in eight years. Really? Yeah. I, I stopped going. I got so tired of the the ticket prices. Kind of sad. I should start taking more shows with me. Yeah, I I got tired of the ticket prices. I got tired of the you know you would go and see a show at a big arena and you'd have these really lousy seats and I I just I, you'd see the show and you'd be like well okay that was uh, okay but I forgot how cool it is if you go to these smaller venues like Ruth Eckerd Hall. I mean, there's not a bad seat in the house. You know you're seeing an act that really meant a lot to you. Growing up, I mean, that's what it, over, it was over overcoming. That's not a right word. Sorry, right. you get a little flustered. Wow, I am. Really, I need a glass a of water. Very special, stuck in the. I 80s. was. I mean, now by the end of the night, yeah, my ears were bleeding, and uh, and you were you had to carry around that uh, ridiculous bomb-looking uh, <laughs> tape recorder, whatever it was, the 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 microphone kit around your neck. Did you see the girl behind me was flirting with me at one point too? Girl, she was like seventy-seven years she old, and you're in this revisionist history. All of a sudden, it's like Christy Brinkley in Vacation. Like, <laughs> ooh, what a fantastic recording device you have hung around your neck. <laughs> she was like seventy-seven. She had like three teeth in her head. She didn't. God. She had summer teeth, summer here, summer there. <laughs> but that's nice that the, the the night was so special for you. So well, and it was, and uh, we hope to be doing some more of these shows in the near future because we have got some other good acts that are coming to town soon. Yeah. Who are you most excited about? Who's coming into town? Yeah. Uh, How about a little uh, Guns N' Roses? I saw no. you on your blog. You were talking about you wanted Axel. <laughs> I want to beat the crap out of him. Nice. I'd pay to see that. Uh, if you haven't checked but that out. But you know out. what? He'd, he'd, you, you, know, you have him by weight. You got him by a good 100 pounds. <laughs> 
It's by like wax about, on like pace about inches. eighty. But uh, Axel probably would bust out some really freaky jujitsu on you. I bet. I bet he's I been studying. Know. I don't know. He wouldn't want to mess up all his plastic surgery. Yeah, hit him in his cheek implants. I mean, in my bet, he doesn't even show. He he won't show. That that tour is going to come to a screeching halt. Like where two is shows where is it. that tour? Do you know where it is on the schedule? Um, How many deep we are? Not that deep. Like a, I think it's already started. So I think it's maybe a month into it. Really? Well, I know he did some shows up in New York, like club dates. But I was figuring if it was like if we were like the twentieth show, maybe. I don't know if he's going to make it that long. Yeah, this it'll self-destruct. I mean, I don't mean to bust on him, and you know, God yeah, knows, you do. I it's appreci- Axel Rose. It's not like <laughs> I, it's I know they've Mother got their Teresa. place in '80s history, but you know, I will never be a Guns N' Roses fan, never. But you'll always be a Patty Smythe oh, scandal Smith. fan. Have you after after that show? They played a lot of songs I, I didn't even remember were theirs, and you hear bits and pieces of the songs during the interview. But uh, I mean, I ran out and got their greatest hits album because I thought, oh my god. These guys were a lot better than I remember. Anyway, that's about it for Stuck in the 80s this week. We'll be back next week with a special show. The uh, What it'll be. <laughs> what are we doing next week? We never know till the Is day. Is it the Halloween one? Oh, that's right. The Halloween show. It's coming up soon. All the horror movies. From yeah, the yeah. That's... <laughs> Even though Halloween was 70s, the first Halloween, but then... What was the first Halloween? I remember Season of the Witch. That's the first Season one. Season of the Witch? That's awful. Five more days they till Halloween. 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 Uh, yeah. But that's oh, three. Man. You never saw Michael Myers one or two? Uh, probably. But what? Not, maybe, I guess. I don't know. Oh, you sad me, Spears. I don't like horror movies. I never have. Actually, Patty Smythe kind of looked like she was wearing oh, Michael don't Myers' do mask. That, man. Patty, <laughs> Patty. <laughs> it's okay if you if you if you want to never give Sean Daly another interview. <laughs> nobody will blame you. No, she was beautiful. All right, she wrap was... it up, Spears. Wrap okay, it up. well that's it for this week. Catch us next week. We'll be back with another name that '80s tune. We swear. In the meantime, Sean and I remain here, hopelessly stuck in the '80s. Bye, Steve. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. The show is engineered by Dave Morrison. To read our blog, go to blogs.tampabay.com slash 80s. Email us at stuckinthe80s at tampabay.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. Natural with the, the headphones on. Well, let's put the headphones on. Okay. Put them on. I got. I, got I feel less a little more natural with my pants off. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs>